This is Bible Talk Walk. This time I don't have my headset. Um, so we'll try to do that. Um, let's see here. It'll be a little more difficult. I don't know if you'll be able to hear me. But. That's fine. <clears throat> so. constantly like I, I am trying to grab all these liturgical uh, little little nuances things to be inspired by um, you know I we live in an old order house so we're still constantly praying against that but like now I'm like building up hoarder uh, sacramentals to deal with the spiritual issues and I am trying to listen to like Saint uh, Teresa Avalon. I think they said like have two uh, sacramentals or you know and really devote to them. But I, I I do like how they break down that the only a couple you know like 
you know, and I came from a faith tradition where they really only had two sacraments. And yeah, the rest were all sacramentals, basically. They were only, they called them two, uh, well, they'd, they'd say the two elements, and that's how they'd leave the body and blood. But then for baptism and communion were the only two liturgical things that we'd ever do. There was no, there, all the other stuff would only be done by the head of the church. And, uh, you know, in that way, I think maybe they would be, those things would be taught, but it would, it would only, like, the expectation was it would be only the head of the church. And, and that's true, I think, but it's taught in Roman Catholic teaching um, correctly, so, and honestly, maybe they are, uh, not pharisaical in that way, but maybe, maybe there's teachings, um, that I'm still exploring, uh, I haven't read, uh, some of these, uh, laity authority teachings, um, apostolic, whatever, I don't know what they're called, so, uh, I plan on, well, I've read Lumen Gentium, which is chapter 5, it talks about um, a little bit with that and maybe one of the earlier chapters. So anyway, there's, there's all sorts of good stuff. And, and you know, that that is maybe the participation in the resurrected life. But then there's also the just the holiness through simplicity, I suppose. Like, just, you know, there's so many people in the New Testament that were obviously saints that had been impacted by Christ and... You don't just say, oh, yeah, they're, they're not, they didn't make it, you know. No, nobody, there's no tradition that I've ever heard where, um, you know, besides maybe Ananias and Sapphira because they sinned and they were killed by the Holy Spirit, pretty much, I mean. But at that point, it, was, it wasn't like a killing because he's God. So it was more like natural disaster <laughs> so um anyway <laughs> that that's very interesting um uh and not an artificial natural disaster this was a super i get maybe like a super oh official i wouldn't say super artificial because it, it was uh it was from God above, well, from the Holy Spirit, uh, in the believer, or in the earth somehow, or something, I don't know how it works, with the Holy Spirit descending on the believers, um, but anyway, yeah, so, I say all that to say, um, it's a whole bag of chips talking about the resurrection, but... Um, there's, there's probably, uh, a lot more I should look into on the resurrection and really just have a whole day of it, you know, studying, uh, what a lot of Christian spokespeople say about it and what the scriptures they've found on it. And, uh, you know, I got a couple of Bible dictionaries recently, so I'm definitely going to, I'm getting them blessed though. It's like King James version, but I don't even care. I'm like, well, maybe God will bless it and it'll, it'll help. Bible interpretation to, uh, be more clear or something. <laughs> so, um, 
I don't even care because I, you know, I picture Jesus that I'm pretty sure is probably painted in the seventies, but it's pretty cool. I, it looks real, you know, one of those ones that looks like the real Jesus or whatever. But who knows? I mean, I'm sure there's a way to know, but I, I don't necessarily. But besides the shroud of Turin, shroud of Leon, or whatever, both of those, I don't know. So anyway. Um, yeah, I think that's all the massive bag of chips I have right now. I'm hoping to jump into a, uh, some kind of a training course at some time, as well as start producing my own, uh, stuff. Um, I made some mini gospel tracks, just word documents that really summarized, um, some really core stuff that I... I had uh, heard about and and just from different lectures, different uh, Bible reading that I've done um, that uh, could be unpacked thoroughly. I mean, I'm talking like they're not typical gospel tracks. They're just like they're almost like teasers, but it's like the most core things I could tease out for somebody to hopefully have salvation <laughs> in Christ and, and truly be a saint and, and end up in their life truly having faith and, and their life had been obedient and they truly had faith and they truly, um, that faith saved them through, you know, as a, a result of their entire life, um, being, you know, justified and, uh, that result of faith, um, essentially in the end, but yes, truly with the gospel and the the atonement of Christ. And, you know, I'm very much still fully giving the cross credit for our salvation. Um, but I also don't want to nullify the word of God for the sake of my uh, Gnostic, uh, Calvinism, hyper-Calvinism, which essentially just denies, um, denies, uh, somehow, you know, denying the humanity of, yeah, I don't know, but, if if you overemphasize, can you overemphasize the cross? No, I guess you got to fully emphasize the cross, but at the same time, you can't underemphasize God's entire covenant context throughout the entire Bible, which when you do that and you start coming from a probably a Greek or Hellenized trajectory away from the um, Messianic Jewish and uh, uh, maybe that kind of background trajectory and then you end up in dealing with things like what Paul was dealing with with Gnosticism uh, 
know, you probably... Somehow you probably start denying Christ in some core way. Um, which, I, for some reason, I can't articulate right now. Like, you don't want to be anti-nominalist, essentially, where you're denying the Old Testament. So you don't want to fall into that heresy. Um, but then, like, why is why is it, is that Gnostic? Probably. Um, is Calvinism Gnostic? There's a new Catholic Answers on it right now. So that's probably true. A lot of the Enlightenment was Gnostic, which that whole time period. So a lot of those, uh, any re- uh, restoration uh, church around that time, a lot of them, like I'd probably 99% of them were, had Gnostic tendencies uh, because of being grouped into the categories of Enlightenment, um, I think. Um, I think that was around the same time and everything. And so I would look into that uh, because that's the kind of stuff I asked questions and went in seminary about, and there was no good answers. That, that was like the counter argument that was solid. And it was just, I'm, I feel like I was just scratching the surface because it's just massive. And, and I was coming from an Anabaptist disposition in a in a reform slash Calvinist Anabaptist ish, barely ish kind of, uh, seminary, but the undergrad was definitely Anabaptist, which is just basically adult baptism, but they were all grouped. Any, anybody that was schismatic at all was grouped into Anabaptist, but they, you know, it's funny nowadays you look into like Eastern Orthodoxy, they're, they're honestly, um, drawn into Eastern Orthodox more with the Anabaptists than like with Church of Christ Christian Church at least that kind of offshoot than um, maybe uh, a lot of the other faith traditions just because of baptism the sacrament power of the sacrament of baptism and uh it's I guess it's just not as emphasized in the reform tradition um and uh I think baptism really brings people into the uh into the more uh eastern disposition i guess what I, I, there might be some more on that that i'm I have a brain blurp on but because yeah, the reform they do come into a lot of Eastern and Western with the uh, um, infant baptism acceptance and Lutheran, and they're really close on a lot of that East and West uh, traditional high church kind of stuff. But yeah, basically, for some reason, there's there's a a big connection with Church of Christ and with the uh eastern orthodox eastern catholic essentially um i think that's because of the immigration actually proximity in the midwest and pennsylvania specifically um ohio probably a little and just how people immigrated and 
maybe how Scotland is close to a lot of those countries. I don't know. And kind of it's a Scottish thing with the with the Church of Christ and uh, maybe some others. But Barton Stone, I, I don't know what his heritage is. Probably Scottish too. But then there's a lot of like, there's also, um, last little tidbit, there's, there's also a lot of uh, St. Patrick kind of uh, Irish heritage with that Scottish-Irish kind of connection, I guess. I don't know. Cause it, and then it gets into like self-made bishops, which I just learned about in Plantology, which there, I guess there's a view that St. Patrick deemed himself a bishop, so therefore everybody's deeming themselves bishops nowadays. And I've even heard of that in my own state. There's a self-proclaimed bishop. I don't know where he is, but I heard about it from uh, local council communication uh, with uh, local leadership, ministry leadership. So, uh, but it was kind of a joke to the person, which I, I agree. But as far as ecumenism, I obviously would be careful and let everybody else take the lead. But I'm still like, oh, well, what about that teaching with uh, that some people believe with the self-proclaimed bishop? But then at the end of the day, does it really come down to just practicals and, you know, best practice and due diligence that everybody, you know, is, is it, does it come down to the heart? Is it the spirit of the law or the letter of the law? And honestly, it's probably somewhere in between, um, which is what it seems to me right now with all the church stuff everything and uh it seems to be uh a little bit more on the, the term spirit of the law not the actual like holy spirit spirit of the law which is what i like to emphasize where like you know you kind of have your understanding of your christian culture and you're just talking about dogmatic theology at this point on top of that you know when i say do you go five over? No, because it's the spirit of law. I'm talking like spiritual. Like, you just be nice to your neighbors kind of thing. Like, love God, love your neighbor, basics. I'm not talking about spirit of the law like, oh, yeah, technically because you go five over, because they've agreed upon this in a small council within. And sure, sure, that that's true. That That is the spirit of the law, but very robotically. You know what I mean? So, anyway, I'm I'm trying to focus on all this with the heart mentality and uh kind of a core not nullifying the word of god for the sake of your tradition kind of stuff you know it's you know make it more about the heart love god love your neighbor not trying to uh confuse people because confusion is not of god but yes being open to the to, to the full context of um and not in like a not in like a you know, being open to the full context of what it means to love God, love your neighbor, uh, but not um, in the sense where you're open to the full context of, uh, you know, it's all about the little councils that uh, the people have, and then they say, oh yeah, you can go five over, but really you can only go six over, but maybe you can go seven, but but we've had these little group talks, and yeah, 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 it's like, no, no, it's, you just go the speed limit, love God, love your neighbor, but you know, if you go five over, you know, you're, the, you're there to be patient and kind to one another, right, so, and, and it all, it, it's all conditional, you know, so, 
you know, based off weather conditions, literally. So, uh, so that's what I wonder if it, in some Eastern Orthodox or Eastern Catholic, you know, Eastern Roman, let's say, let's say the, the Roman Catholic Church, Eastern, uh, with the Pope, the papacy, uh, maybe it is, uh, spirit of the law to go five over, you know. Or maybe it's the spirit of the law to go five under. Depending on the day and the weather conditions and your baldness of your tires. But at the same time, you know, it's not about policing that. It's not about, you know, the letter of the law. But, it, you know, it's nice to have that context. Because, you know, it really helps and it clarifies. And, but... Uh, that's why I'm a big proponent of uh, Christians doing their best to deal with things through just communication, meetings, you know, and not having too much uh, negative oversight, I guess, and um, not stalking people, none of that, but just, you know, building good community, good community relationships, uh, which is very difficult. And, and to do that, I think you have to carry your own load so you can help others to carry theirs in your community. So you can't you can't just go out buying coffee every single day, building these little mini community type things that help facilitate church activity. No, you, you got to go work to make a buck to buy coffee once a month. You know, it's like, that's practical right there. So you can even have a conversation with somebody about an issue. And it's just a reality of it. But but you know, maybe maybe there's a possibility for more. You go by faith, so anyway, shalom.